Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast, and thanks for joining us. We hope this encourages you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on how God is actively moving in your life. Enjoy the message. So glad to see you. I'm Pastor Steve Holder. I'm a global leadership pastor. I know for some of you, this might be my first time seeing you, So, uh, and that's a good thing. Amen. So to all of our newcomers and first-time guests, we say welcome. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, and all of those joining us on uh, line and on Facebook Live and YouTube and all the other areas where we're able to reach out, let's just give them a welcome too. Amen? Yeah. Thank you all for being in. All of our first-time guests, thank you all for being here today. Uh, we, I've been um, traveling, my wife and I, we've been out on the West Coast uh, preaching and and uh, then back home locally preaching. And so I haven't been here in four weeks, so it's good to see you. To and see you. Uh, I, I, they, they probably want to give me a Connect card this morning and <laughs> ask me to fill it out. And they're probably going to make me take next steps before I get to preach the next time. But, but anyway, it's good to be here. It's good to see you and your smiling faces. Uh, once again, your smiling faces. Your smiling faces. Your smiling faces. Some of you need to notify your face you're smiling. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Praise God. But, uh, you know, one, one of the great reports to bring to you today that everywhere we've preached, people have gotten saved. Amen. That has been, whoo, wow. That has been awesome, uh, you know, to see people come to Jesus and um, praise the Lord. That's, that's just, that's just that's worth it all. That's what it's all about. Amen. Seeing people come to Jesus. Pastor Daniel is pre- ministering in Wilson today. And, and uh, so pray for them. And he'll be back next week. So praise God. We've, we've started a new series called Joyful. Joyful. And um, I tell you, man, uh, um, our joy, uh, when you get saved, you, you, you receive joy. That, that's, a, that's one of the, to me, one of the number one evidences that you've had a conversion is that you're going to have joy. And uh, we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. Uh, but before I do, I want to bring you up to date as your global leadership pastor on some, uh, some things that have transpired in the last few days and weeks uh, with our ministry here at Bethel Church, with our global side of ministry, our reach the world, and I uh, appreciate our team that serves with us. And, uh, but many of you probably saw an announcement that we put out uh, just recently in regard to a, um, a tragic situation that happened with uh, the son of Pastor Tony and Ruth Mejia Diaz. Pastor Tony and Ruth, I've known for probably 30 years. And uh, as a matter of fact, Pastor Tony and Ruth uh, were going to come to Goldsboro and plant a Hispanic congregation here at Bethel Church, uh, but uh, we weren't able to get their visas. And it was after, uh, you know, um, 9-11, and it just just didn't happen. We couldn't make it happen. And so this is the relationship that we have with this family. This is also Pastor Ellie, who is our lead pastor in Iguay at our church in Iguay, Dominican Republic. Uh, this is his nephew, and it's Pastor Tony and Ruth's son. So Pastor Tony and Pastor Ellie are brothers. 
And so, um, but just recently, Pastor Tony's 25-year-old son uh, was in a tragic accident at the church where there was a fire and uh, he was uh, consumed with smoke. He died of smoke inhalation and then his body was burned and charred beyond recognition. And so this is a desperate situation of prayer and uh, we're going to stop right now because Pastor Ellie is right now as we speak, he is speaking at Pastor Tony and Ruth and this is Anthony and uh, Pastor Anthony, he, uh, Pastor Tony, uh, Ellie is speaking at Pastor Tony's church in somewhat of a memorial type uh, service that's going on as we speak right now. So would you stand with me and let's reverence this moment. And would, could we pray for this family? They are hurting desperately. They were over here in the United States, Pastor Tony and Ruth, uh, Anthony's mom and dad, were over here in the United States celebrating their wedding anniversary when this happened. And they had to take and make an immediate flight back home. So would you pray with me now as we pray for them? Father, we lift up this family we lift up this community. We lift up this church to you today that is hurting at this, this loss, this tragic loss of life. I thank you first and foremost that Anthony knew you as his Lord and Savior. I thank you first and foremost that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so our hearts, and I know the hearts of the community there in Iguay are hurting we know that we have hope and we thank you for that blessed hope and we thank you that Holy Spirit is comforting them now. Holy Spirit is empowering Pastor Ellie with the words to speak that bring encouragement and bring life and comfort and peace to this need and this family. We send them our love and we send them our prayers in the name of Jesus and everyone said amen. And amen. God bless you for that. Thank you. And would you continue to pray for them? And if you would like to give, we're going to make a contribution to uh, Pastor Tony and Ruth. We're going to send them an offering of love to just help encourage them through this difficult time. And if you would like to, to do that, you can give online or at the boxes in the back, or uh, you can do Reach the World, go online, secure give, or on our website, and you can give Reach the World. If you would, just put in the memo, in memory of Anthony Mejia Diaz. Just do that, and we're going to send them an offering of love and uh, to encourage them. Have you know that would be a great blessing? Amen. So thank you all for, for letting us, allowing us to do that. Now to give you some good news uh, on the uh, side of missions and global uh, outreach here at the church, reach the world. Here's a picture. We have purchased the land in Punta Cana. We have purchased the land in Punta Cana. And our church from Miguel went over and had prayer over it, walked it over and prayed over it, anointed it with oil and dedicated it to the Lord already. And uh, as you can see, that's Pastor Ellie's mom with her hands raised in the air. And uh, so uh, uh, we're excited to announce um, that uh, the land has been purchased. We still have one little small amount to complete it. Uh, $2,500 is left. Uh, that we have to um, pay within two months 
Um, but once we get that 2500 paid, that land will be uh, ours and we'll be able to move forward with clearing it and begin the process of, of building a mission house and a church. We actually bought three lots. And so it's going to be enough room for us to have a home, a house there, and also a worship facility. So uh, we're excited about what God is doing in the Dominican Republic and Haiti and all of our reaches, outreaches around the world. How are you going to pray for us as we reach the world? Amen. Yes. Praise God. All right. Well, let's get into the Word in 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. Isn't this exciting? Amen. Aren't you glad to be a part of a church that is moving forward? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, just, it's not we four and no more. Praise God. We're going to reach the world. Praise the Lord. 1 John 2, 1 through 6. We're, we're basing this on, on uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 4. And that was G, John was writing this letter. This is John the Beloved, um, great apostle, uh, follower of Jesus, very close. His family is very close. Jesus even asked him to take care of his mother. You remember that? And uh, so uh, the, John is, is, is written and he's, he's, he's writing this letter and, and he says, my purpose in writing this letter is so that your joy will be full. I want, you, I want, you, to, I want you to remain in joy because we can draw from the, uh, with joy from the wells of salvation. We can draw with joy from the wells of salvation. John knew the joy of the Lord is your strength. John knew that it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. John knew that it would, it, would, it would take joy, the joy of the Lord being in our hearts and in our lives. And so anything that would creep in to steal our joy, anything that would creep in to weaken our joy or, or, or dampen our joy or, or suppress our joy, John wants to deal with it and, uh, because he loves the followers of Christ and, and uh, he even speaks to them in such a way as a spiritual father. And so understanding that is the purpose of this letter. That's the purpose of this writing. That your joy, my joy, will remain full. Well, John knew you can't be joyful and sinful at the same time. Boy, you got, some of you got quiet right then. That one hits you a little bit, hit us, hits us between the eyes, doesn't it? You can't be joyful and sinful at the same time. You're wondering where your joy went? It's because you've been engaged in sin. Unconfessed sin steals your joy. That's what chapter 2 is all about. Habitual sin will drain your joy. Sin will separate you from joy because it separates us from God. And, and so it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful, uh, very affectionate, but yet instructional and gets down to the nitty gritty, <laughs> really, in chapter 2. And let's look at it. Verse 1. My little children. That sounds like a spiritual father, doesn't it? <laughs> My little children. I write these things so that you may not violate God's law and sin. That's the reason why he knows that <laughs> I want your joy full. And so I'm writing this so that you won't violate God's law and sin because that will steal your joy. That'll take away your joy. 
So John is very clearly right out of the gate in chapter 2. It's so that you may not violate God's law and sin. And then he goes on to say, but. Everybody say, but. Underline it, circle it. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I got... They gave me a crash course on this thing here. Y'all better look out. Um, so I get to write on this, I think. I, I've never done this before. This is my first time. So I, I'm, I'm, I want your grace on a learning curve, okay? Do I get your grace on a learning curve? The old guy's preaching today. All right? Thank you. I love you too. You're getting close to my age, so... Ain't that right, T.A.? Amen. Okay. It's so, it's so that you may not violate God's law and sin. That's the reason why he's writing it. Because he knows that it will separate us from God's joy. But! Man, this thing turned sideways. I don't know if I like this or not. But if anyone should sin... We, I'm going to underline that we. I want you to underline it in your Bibles. I want you to circle it too. Because John is an apostle. He's a, he's a mighty man of God. But he's also in this one statement of we, aligning himself with the same human tendencies to our sin nature that the little children he's writing to, his spiritual sons and daughters, He's including himself that I even am subject to sin. In my sin nature, in my flesh. Anybody, you, you can cast out the devil, but you can't cast out the flesh. Amen. And how have you know, come on, let's be, let's be honest. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is. Come on, somebody, help me preach. We're in a Pentecostal church. You can go ahead and shout amen, hallelujah. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So John writes that we, including himself, in this situation that we find ourselves in, as human beings in a fallen state, yet redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank God for redemption. Amen. But John says we have an advocate. An advocate is one who will intercede for us. The Bible says today... That because Jesus has already conquered death, hell, and the grave, <laughs> he's already arisen from the dead. He's already ascended to the right hand of the Father. The Bible says that he ever lives to make intercession for us, for you, and for me. We have an advocate. An advocate is a person that 
will represent you. An advocate is an intercessor that goes between you and the judge or the judgment or the punishment. An advocate represents you before the judge. An advocate goes before you and pleads your case. An advocate goes up there and says, yeah, I know they messed up. I know they should deserve death, but they are mine. They have confessed. They have repented. And my blood has already been shed for their remission. Therefore, they are justified just as if they had never sinned before. And so the punishment that we should have received, which was death, we did not receive because Jesus already subjected himself to the death of the cross and he conquered it because he arose from the dead and because he lives, you and I can live also. And we have an advocate, one who is they're representing us. Now, here's what I want to I say to somebody right now that the Lord gave me in preparing for this. It's time for some of us to stop doubting the advocacy of Jesus. It's time for some of you to realize that some of you keep allowing the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, who is the thief of our joy... He's taking your joy constantly because he's keeping you bound up in doubt. And un- Do you know unbelief is a sin? Did you know unbelief is the foster sin of sins? Before there's ever a behavioral action, there will first and foremost be a departure from truth. There will be a, 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 an, an act of unbelief in the mind thinking that this is not what God said or this is untrue. That's what happened in the Garden of Eden. Come on, amen. Stop doubting the advocacy of Jesus. Stop doubting that the blood is enough to cover a multitude of sins. Stop doubting... I just recently led an 83-year-old man to the Lord. And, and he was dying. And he's, he's passed away since. I've seen him probably seven or eight times. And, and every time I would go in and visit with him, I'd have to go through this same process again. Because he, he, just, he couldn't comprehend that God could forgive him. Even though we prayed, even though we, we asked the Lord and, and, and he confessed that his trust and his faith was in God. But he would every now and then he'd drift back into it. I, I, I just don't know. I, I, just, I just can't understand. I just can't. And I'd say, no, 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 you can't do that. This thing is a sealed deal, brother. (laughs) You've confessed with your mouth. You've believed in your heart. And Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're breathing your last breath. Somebody try to tell me right now uh, how the thief got into heaven. He got into heaven because he looked at Jesus and he said, remember me. He didn't get baptized in water. He didn't take next steps. He didn't, attend, he didn't attend church regularly. He didn't even go to the coffee shop. I mean, to tell you, he, came, he went right straight from the cross to heaven because Jesus said today, my God have mercy, today, not tomorrow, not next year, but today. This day is the day of salvation. And today you will be with me in paradise. That's the advocacy. That's the advocacy. 
That's the advocacy of who Jesus is. He represents us before the Father. Yes, we messed up. Yes, we've sinned. Yes, we've done wrong. And guess what? The thief didn't have time to go back and even make restitution. So get rid of your hierarchy and your ethical, moral high ground that you think that you've got to go through some uh, 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 religious process. I want to tell you right now, Jesus Christ can set you free from your sin this very moment. All you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and that He is who He says He is. And if you believe in Him, He will give you victory over your sin. He'll redeem you. Stop letting the devil dig up your past. Stop allowing the enemy to discredit your salvation. You've been redeemed. You've been called by God. The blood of Jesus is more than enough. The cross is more than enough. The empty tomb is more than enough. Tell the devil to get behind you, the accuser of brethren. I am a child of the living God. I've been bought with a price. Glory to God. Our our advocacy is in Jesus. Stop doubting the advocacy of Jesus. Stop doubting the advocacy of Jesus. If anyone should sin, we have an advocate. One who will intercede for us with the Father. Yes, I've messed up. Haven't you? And I've gone to Jesus with it. I've confessed it. I asked for his forgiveness. Amen. When we make mistakes in our life, judgment calls, decisions, things come out of our mouth that shouldn't, actions and behaviors and conducts that flow out of us because of our humanity and our flesh. We have an advocate, one who will intercede for us. Now, you don't let it, you don't let it, Live. You don't let it continue to develop and continue to be active in your life. We're going to get on that John deals with that too. All right? So I got to move. Where's my little pen? Hallelujah. I, I knew that I'm a preacher and that's just what I'm, I'm called to do. So I have to lay this down and preach a little bit. All right? Amen. I don't apologize. Um, One who will intercede for us with the Father, it is Jesus Christ, the righteous. Because he's upright, just. My righteousness is filthy rags. But he conforms to the Father's will in every purpose, every thought, and every action. That's why he's Jesus. Amen. (laughs) Come on. Sometimes I just stop. Sometimes I just stop and I say, whew, if it had not been for the Lord. Sometimes I just stop and say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Whew, I would have messed this thing up so bad. But Jesus didn't. (laughs) He who knew no sin became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Whew. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. My Lord, I'm trying to get into this and I can't. Hallelujah. So he's our advocate. Amen. 
Next verse. And he, that same Jesus himself, is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. John was saying this is not just exclusive to the disciples. This is not just exclusive to those in Jesus' lifetime. This is not just exclusive to the first century. This is not just exclusive to uh, the Middle East or Europe or Asia or America. But this is for the whole world. There's an atoning, there's an atoning sacrifice that God has made. Now, there's a difference in atonement and forgiveness. Because atonement has already been made. Forgiveness is a transition or a transaction between us and God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There is the transaction of forgiveness is, is, is our, our part. We, we, we participate in that. We, we initiate that with, Father, forgive me. Our Father, forgive me our trespasses. So atonement, the atonement is what Jesus did on, on Calvary. He's the atoning sacrifice that we can access forgiveness. Amen? At, at, atonement, have you seen the word well, you can't see it because I got our atoning sacrifice, but you can see the word, just picture the word atonement right now. Picture the word atonement. It means exactly what it says, at one. Atonement, at one. It's, it's becoming at one with God. Jesus is the atoning sacrifice. And he gave his life once and for all. Not by the blood of bulls and goats and calves, but by his own blood he was shed on Calvary. And it was once and for all. Isn't it awesome that our advocate is also our atonement? Our advocate is also our atonement. This is how you, we receive joy. We, we, he's, our, he's not only our defender, he's also the one who has paid the debt. He's our debt counselor. You ready for that? He's not just our advocate, our defender. He's also our debt counselor through the atonement. I even know we owed a debt we could not pay. And he paid a debt we couldn't. He, he paid the debt that we owed. Amen. Praise God. We have an advocate. He's the propitiation one, I think, translate or this translation actually has it. He's the propitiation. Propitiation um, is the word implies that Christ has, as our sin offering, reconciled God and us by nothing else but his voluntary death as a sacrifice. And he has averted God's wrath for us. And not only for ours, but for the whole world. 
Wow. This announces that the world that God is taking care of, He's taking care of their sin problem if they'll just acknowledge Him by the propitiation of Jesus. Sin, John is saying, sin does not have to be a barrier between us and God. It doesn't have to be a divider between us and God. Oh, wow. If man will receive the propitiation God has provided in Jesus, it doesn't have to remain, we don't have to remain separated from joy. Because we don't have to remain separated from Jesus. All right, let's look at the next verse. And this is how we may discern by experience daily. Daily. This is not just a a once and done, I get up and just go live my own way. No, this is how we discern daily. That's why Paul wrote, I die daily. (laughs) By experience that we are coming to know him. And that means to perceive, recognize, understand, and become better acquainted with him. How do I know, pastor? How do I know? Here's how we know. If we keep his teachings. If we bear in mind and observe and practice his commandments, his precepts. It's basically an awareness of our relationship. If we keep his teachings, his commandments. Our relationship somewhat has checks and balances with the Lord. And on a daily daily basis, we examine ourselves. The Bible even teaches us to do that in communion, to examine yourself to see whether you be in the faith. Because if you're not being aware that sin has infiltrated your life, if you're not aware that you're engaging in disobedience to God's law and God's word because you don't take the time to take inventory or you don't acknowledge the Holy Spirit's conviction, the Holy Spirit's conviction on our life is our best friend in awareness to our relationship with God. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit speaks to us and, and convicts us when we have disobeyed or when we have uh, offended God with our actions, our behaviors, and our words. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. He's assigned to conviction. He's assigned to redemption. He's assigned to relationships. The Holy Spirit is. That's why it's so imperative. It's so important that we acknowledge the God Holy Spirit because he is the active member of the Godhead in the earth today that works in and is assigned to keeping us aware of our relationship with Jesus. You can't even be saved unless the Spirit draws you. But you know what's going to keep us in the graces of God? The Holy Spirit. Oh my, I need him, don't you? I want him. I I receive him. I I thank him. Our relationship is in verse 3. It's important that we take inventory today. And we take inventory on a daily basis. Next verse. 
Verse 4, whoever says, I know him, I perceive, recognize, understand, and am acquainted with him, but fails to keep and obey his commandments or his teachings is a liar. I didn't get that hard. He did. But how do you know we need it? And the truth of the gospel is not in him. A liar. The truth of this is so certain that if one does not live a life marked by obedience, his claim to fellowship and relationship with God can be challenged. It can be challenged. Now, we don't go around, you know, we don't go around passing judgment. But we can inspect the fruit. We can be fruit inspectors. And, and if your life is living in habitual contradiction, that's why I wrote down there our contradiction. We don't want to live our life as a contradiction. Oh, okay, pastor, I messed up. That's different. You get back up, you brush your feet back off, you, you, you climb back up on the saddle and, and, you, and you ride on with Jesus. But you, you can't keep going back and back and back and back and back to a lifestyle of sin without any regard. You, you hear what I'm saying? I'm glad God knows the heart. But I think what John is saying is here, you, you just don't be trivial with sin. You, you, you just don't allow it to just run and rule and ruin your life. That's why you don't have joy. And when you're putting on in pretense, everybody knows it's fake joy. And so our life becomes what? A contradiction. Because we're wearing His name, but we're not living out His teachings, his commandments. Now, I'm not saying that we're, this is not perfection theology, okay? John is not, he's already said it up here in the front. He said it right, right out of the gate in the first verse. He said, I'm writing this so that you may not sin, but if you do, we have an advocate. So he's not teaching perfection theology here. So, so don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, and, and God's a God of not... Y'all know, what, y'all know this. He, he's not a God of a chance. He's a God of chances. I mean, he's a God of more than, than enough. I mean, think about Peter who messed up and God turned around and used him in 50 days to preach the greatest revival the church has ever had. 3,000 souls came to Jesus in one day, in one message. And Peter had messed up 50 days before, big time. Was warming his hands by the enemy fire, had denied Jesus, cursed about it, lied about it. He was a liar. And God turned around and, and, and his advocate, Jesus, when he arose from the dead, Jesus said, where's Peter? Go tell Peter. Go get Peter. I'm going to Galilee. I want him to be there. You remember that? In 50 days. I don't know if we'd have had that much grace. I don't know if most denominations or churches or religious organizations would have let him back up in the pulpit in 50 days. 
I know I'm messing with some of our religious stuff, but how do you know it needs messing with? Amen. We just don't want to live our life as a contradiction. Just a constant contradiction. Hypocrisy. Anybody ever feel like the biggest hypocrite in the house? <laughs> Thank God for his love and grace and mercy. Amen. Amen. But John said, if, if, if we're not, if we say we know him and we're just completely disregarding his commandments and his teachings, just completely living a life of violation of God's word, we're a liar. We're, we're a liar. A Christian no longer loves sin. A Christian is, is no longer brags about his sin or her sin. A Christian no longer plans to sin. You don't sit down and plan it out. A Christian no longer fondly remembers his sin as once he did. He don't look at it the same. And of course, a Christian never fully enjoys his sin that he once did. There's a, an authenticity to it, and that's the next one, and we're, we're wrapping this up. Um, where's the musicians? I thought they were coming up at 10 after. They're under conviction, I guess. And I'd be glad we can have fun in church. I don't know about y'all, but I preached myself under conviction today. <laughs> Our authenticity. The only word of God that we really believe is the word of God that we obey. The only word of God we really believe is the word of God that we obey. Verse 5, but he who keeps treasures in his word who bears in mind his precepts, who observes his message in its entirely, truly in him has the love of and for God been perfected. By this we may perceive, know, recognize, be sure. All of these things will be sure, sure, that we are in him. I want to be sure that we are in Him. Amen? Amen? I want to be sure that we are in Him. I want to be sure that I'm in Him. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And we can have that blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Yes. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Yes. We can have that blessed assurance. You can have that blessed assurance today. Yeah, but I messed up last night. But we have an advocate with the Father. Our authenticity is that we treasure His Word. Our authenticity is that, that we honor His Word. Our authenticity is that we get more you know, excited about reading the Bible and reading His Word and, and, and learning and growing in Him. Our authenticity is a Christian is no longer comfortable in habitual sin. Man, it just, 
it, it, it rubs you the wrong way. You, 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 get, you get under conviction. You, you, you want to bring it before God. On the, you want to come to the altar. You want to get in his presence. You want to be real and authentic before him and just pour your heart out and say, God, I know you know me. I know you know my mistakes. I know you know my thoughts. I know you know the error of my ways. But you still love me anyway, and you still have provided advocacy for me. And I want my joy full. I'm tired of walking around gloom, doom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony. I'm tired of walking around in depression. I'm tired of walking around in defeat. Glory to God. I'm a child of the Most High God. My joy is going to be full. Because the sin in my life is being dealt with. Because of the blood of Jesus, I can be forgiven. I can have atonement at one with God. I can be reconciled to the Father through Jesus Christ. Whoever lives to make intercession for me and my sin, He knows me. He knows me. And He wants my joy full. He wants my cup running over. He wants me to have the kingdom of God is not in righteous, it's not in, in meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God, somebody. Our authenticity is being here this morning. Our authenticity is, is growing in Him. Our authenticity is that we work through our struggles. Our authenticity is that we don't deny when we make a mistake, but we go to the advocate. And our authenticity is that we're learning and growing and developing. And John includes himself a seasoned disciple, a well-mature believer in Christ. And John includes himself when he says, we have an advocate with the Father. Glory to God. I'm so glad that the Bible is so just, it's transparent, isn't it? Hallelujah. Thank God. So what is the, the, the final verse? Verse 6. Whoever says he abides in him. How many of you abide in him? Praise the Lord. How many of you abide in him? Some of you say, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm starting to question it now. <laughs> Pastor, I, I'm starting to have... Uh, let me, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. Don't doubt his advocacy for you. Don't doubt his advocacy for you. Don't doubt that he's pleading before the Father for you. Don't doubt his never-changing love for you. My Lord, I, whoever says he abides in him ought as a personal debt to walk and conduct himself in the way in which he walked and conducted himself. So what is that, that last one? He's our model. He's our model. He's our example. How many of you want to be like Jesus? I want to be like him. I want to respond like he did. Whenever uh, the adulterous woman was dragged to his feet, I want to respond like he did. <laughs> Whenever Peter messed up, I want to respond like he did. Amen? Let me tell you something. Jesus was the only one who was authorized to throw the stones at the woman at his feet caught in adultery. He was the only one who could throw stones because he knew no sin, but he never picked up a rock. I don't even think he even looked at one. He looked at her and he said, thy sins be forgiven. He looked at her and said, where are your condemners now? I'm your advocate. <laughs> I forgive you of that adultery. I'm your advocate. 
Yeah, I know it was last night, but I forgive you for your adultery. I'm your advocate. Glory to God. And then you get stronger because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You get stronger. And you start saying no to drugs. And you start saying no to promiscuity. And you start saying no to the temptations of the enemy. You start saying no because the joy of the Lord is your strength. You start to get your joy back. Ah, my God, I'm forgiven. Woo, that makes me happy. My sins have been redeemed. That makes me joyful. Glory to God. My name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. The Bible even said, don't rejoice because the demons are subject unto you, but rejoice because your name has been written down in glory. I'm telling you, we got something to be happy about. We got something to rejoice about. COVID can come and go, but I'm telling you right now, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And John said, I want you joyful. And the only way you're going to get joyful is you got to deal with the sin in your life. The only way you're going to get full of joy again, full of the Holy Ghost, you got to deal with the sin in your life. And there's a Jesus that's in heaven. There's the Son of the Most High God who is ever living to make intercession that's ready to go between you and God and say, this is my child. I ordained them. I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. And I called you by name. And I want you with me in glory. That's why I went to prepare a place for you. That where I am, you can be also in my Father's house or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. Hallelujah, because I want to be with you. Where's your joy today? Who stole your joy? Who licked the red off your candy? Come on, amen. Glory to God. You can't live in disobedience and have joy. You can't come into the house of God and sit under the anointed preaching of the gospel and have unconfessed sin in your life and expect to have joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can have this joy that John's talking about and you can be full of it. Amen. Have you ready to be full of it? I know a lot of folks is full of it. I want you to be full of joy. Amen. Come on, stand with me today. Hallelujah. Let's shout to the Lord. Let's rejoice because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Rejoice because you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Rejoice because you're on your way to heaven to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. Rejoice because we're going to come back and serve with Him. Hallelujah. In a thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Glory to God. John says this, I want your joy full. My little children, I want your joy full. And the only way you're going to have joy full is you're going to have to get this sin issue dealt with. If you sin, there's an advocate. Hallelujah. The authenticity is obeying Him and living for Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, you're here today, you say, Pastor Steve, conviction has hit me this morning. And I recognize that that's good. That's a good thing that the Holy Spirit is convicting me today of unconfessed sin in my life. Sin that I have refused to deal with. Sin that I have allowed in my life. I've been serving the Lord, trying to live for God, but 
man, this thing just keeps, it keeps coming back up and keeps fostering in me. And I'm ready to get delivered today. I'm ready to get a deliverance this morning. Amen. I'm ready for a deliverance from sin. Secondly, you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I've never known Jesus. I've never accepted the Lord or I've drifted away from him. I've backslidden. I've turned my back on him. I'm not living for the Lord. It's a contradiction. And, and I, I need to get my heart right with God today. I need to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you this morning, I want you to pray this prayer with me right now. And before I do, if that's you, God's speaking to your heart to pray this prayer of repentance right now. Would you slip up your hand? Would you just raise it up and let me see it? Would you just acknowledge it right now that I need to, get, I need to pray this prayer with you, Pastor? I need to get my heart right with God today. I need to know Jesus. God bless you. Anyone else? Just lift that hand up right now. I need to deal with this today. I need to deal with this issue. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Just raise it up right now. God bless you. Let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're my advocate. And I ask you to represent me today with your blood. Forgive me of my sin. Deliver me from my past. Deliver me from doubt that Jesus loves me and, and wants me and will save me. I believe in him. And I believe he arose from the dead, died for my sins, and he is the Lord and Savior. And so I put my trust. I put my trust in him from this day forward. In Jesus' name, <laughs> I'm redeemed. My sins are forgiven. As far as the east is from the west, God has forgotten it. He will remember it no more. What sins are you talking about? I don't even remember them anymore. I'm redeemed. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm born again and blood washed and on my way to heaven. Jesus can forgive a wretched sinner like me. And I'm born again today. And I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Can you praise the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We hope that you have been encouraged today. And if you're looking for more information about who we are as a church, you can visit us online at BethelChurch.info. Be sure to join us again next week as we continue to grow together in God's Word.